Welcome to Ideas, Ideas While High podcast, where we share creative aha idea moments from entrepreneurs who are successfully navigating the business world and give you practical steps to help bring your great idea to life. I'm your host, Mary Latrice. Let's chop it up. Who said Puff Puff Pass was canceled? Listen, I know being a stoner in 2020 has been interesting, to say the least, with this pandemic. But The Chillstone by JTT Accessories is here to help. The Chillstone is a premium hand-blown glass joint holder and one hitter too. It's reusable, easy to clean, hypoallergenic, and a natural filter. But most importantly, it's sanitary. Simply insert your joint for a snug fit and enjoy. It fits standard cigarettes, joints, blunts, with or without filters. Get yourself a chillstone today at jttip.com or check them out on Instagram at jttaccessories. In 2020, let's pass joints, not germs, with the chillstone. Okay, guys, today I'm joined by Whitney Adrian, aka Sunny Days, co-founder of OKOK OK OK Creative and an Uber creative cannabis influencer and advocate. Welcome to High Ideas, Whitney. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here with you today. Awesome. So what was your first, if any, experience with plant medicine? Any funny stories you care to share? <laughs> yeah, I um, I used to be so afraid of weed actually growing up because I had an older brother who got into quite a bit of trouble growing up. Um, and my parents kind of planted the idea in my brain that it just led you down a, a dark, dark road. And so I was like so scared of trying weed for the first time. Yeah. Um, but then I was I was with my brother and some of our family friends. Um, shout out to Kea, Naomi. <laughs> um, we all were at a church um, retreat okay. in Maine. <laughs> And that's when I tried weed for the first time on the beach it. of, um, yeah, of Maine. And it was so beautiful. I just kind of laid down in the sand and stared up at the stars and just like laughed my ass off. That's awesome. That's awesome. So how, about how old were you then? I was, this was the summer before my freshman year of high school. And you pretty much been uh, consuming. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, definitely not as, as regularly as I do these days, it's like mm-hmm. just having access to it. Um, mm-hmm. But all through college, I was a pretty um, avid consumer, definitely helped me get through the stressful studying aspect of, of mm-hmm. college that I was not prepared for. Um, and um, yeah, all through college or all through high school for sure too. Um, I was a I was a competitive swimmer, so mm-hmm. it kind of was like a. I think my consumption of cannabis like slowly coincided with my 
um, I kind of like hit a plateau in swimming when I was, I think like around 15. So mm -hmm. I just was kind of looking for something new to, to <laughs> explore. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, definitely um, started exploring cannabis quite a bit then. And yeah, I think I was also kind of um, like self-medicating a little bit, dealing mm -hmm. with some stress of mm -hmm. my parents getting divorced and all that. So yeah, just there was a lot of stuff going on then. But cannabis has always, always been there for me. <laughs> Got it. Now had your families idea or the stigma that they had behind the the plant had it changed as you got older or were they still yeah definitely I think I think it changed as they began to understand that I could take care of myself like go to go to college um, I could grades move out mm -hmm. to Colorado on my own um, get a job support myself once I started kind of showing that, you know, I could exist in the world as a, as a real person and still consume as much cannabis as I um, felt I needed to, uh, then yeah, they, they're happy. That's, that's really all they cared about. And I think um, it's actually funny. I've bonded with both of my parents a little bit over cannabis since um, just since like my college days, they kind of like, let loose and I I learned that they both consume quite a bit. So awesome. it, that's always yeah. a special moment. <laughs> I know they were hiding it the whole time and being huge hypocrites, but it's fine. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yes, it's it, it it was it was probably for the best. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm also I've seen friends who have parents who are like open about it and it it kind of seems like it's no big deal and it, you know, seems like the, the right way to just be open and, and chill mm -hmm. about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's cool. Um, so can you share your story behind okay, okay, creative? Kind of what were you doing right before and what did you do immediately during when you kind of had like, all right, I want to do this. This is this is gonna happen. I have this idea. Yeah. So it kind of all started back when I first um, created my my platform on, on Instagram, um, <clears throat> it I just I just kind of had this I, like when you when you said what your what, like asked asked what my aha moment is, mm -hmm. um, I flash back to when I first created the whole Sunny Days account and realized I could like I don't know share like shed some light on what it's really like to be a cannabis consumer. I just feel like there's so many like weird, like Hollywood stereotypes and just, you know, stigmatized versions of cannabis consumers in general, everywhere you go. And I think even I, I started working in the cannabis industry um, back in July of 2016. And, um, I was working in media and tech and I was learning about influencer marketing and all of that. And um, I just kind of saw this opportunity to potentially, you know, have some income from it, but also create a platform where you can, you can kind of shape this narrative around cannabis that is often maybe a little 
bit like hypersexualized mm-hmm. um, when it's from a female perspective. And I just like, I never personally related to that. So I was like, why not, you know, share what that could look like. And I was inspired by some other um, female creatives, like Lifted Ladies, she's still out and about and just creating amazing content. Mm-hmm. Um, this Cannabis Life, she has always been huge inspiration. Um, and just, yeah, some some other ladies who, um, yeah, just shared shared that perspective from a different, from just a more, you know, realistic and everyday relatable perspective. Um, and I really connected to that. So that's, that's kind of where my aha moment was. I was like, I can, I can be a voice for these other, um, people who, who I know because I'm friends with them all. Um, Mm -hmm. these other females who like connect, we connect over being cannabis consumers because it feels like there's like this taboo, especially for females to consume cannabis. Um, and yeah, I just, more than anything, just want to make people feel comfortable, like approaching the plant, just taking in information about the plant, even if they're not consuming it just yet. Like I want to, I want to pull people in who are a little like kind of curious and mm-hmm. um, yeah, kind of help them understand there's a lot of different ways that cannabis consumption can take place. It's not just smoking big blunts um, or whatever you've seen on TV. You know, there's so many different forms. And um, I just realized how, like, yeah, the community, like, didn't have as many voices out there um, proclaiming this and and just making this a little bit more, um, like, center of attention. So, yeah. That, that was kind of my aha moment. <laughs> Sorry for the ramble. <laughs> no, no, no. Perfect. Um, so when you create started your page, did you go in thinking, okay, I want to be an influencer? Was that your goal at the time? Or did it kind of just grow organically on its own to what it is today? I definitely, I mean, I was just so intrigued by influencer marketing. Um, more than anything, I was like, as a cannabis just like lover. Um, I, I wanted to try everything I could possibly try and get my hands on everything um, just to become more of an expert on the market as mm-hmm. well as have um, interesting things to create cool content with. Um, I've always just, I've always loved photography and it just kind of became this creative outlet. Um, and I started traveling quite a bit for work when I first got into the industry at my first job and was going on all these cool trips, um, for work and creating content along the way. And that's kind of how it, it took off a little bit. Um, and in combination with that was connecting with people at all these conferences, connecting with brands and different thought leaders and kind of um, creating my little network that way. So there's, yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely didn't think of it as like an influencer thing more, Mm -hmm. more so as like a, just like a voice. I don't know, Mm -hmm. like a, like a, I don't know. Yeah. Just kind of like a, a place, a place for, (laughs) for just, yeah. Some, some thoughtful dialogue about cannabis (laughs) absolutely I mean and that's exactly what you're giving what um 
how did you come up with the name? Well, actually, let's start here. What services does does OK OK um, Creative offer? So right now, I'm super focused on um, photography and just content creation, just stepping up the quality of, of content creation that I can offer my brand partners and clients. Um, I've always, I've always just like had a dream of being a photographer, but I always looked at it as something that would like, A, would never happen for me and B, like something I could never make money from. And, mm. and the cannabis industry just has completely changed my mind on that. Um, mm. And I, I just think there's so much opportunity because there's new brands popping up left and right. Um, they, a lot of them need help creating an identity and, and communicating who they are just you know when someone clicks onto their instagram page like that could be the moment of truth of whether that person is gonna continue to follow that brand or or like link with their story or connect with them in in some way and so brands kind of like create that connection visually is kind of um where i'm focused right now with okay okay creative um also do like influencer marketing campaigns so work with other friends who um, are also pas passionate about cannabis and wellness and um, different intersections of all of all of the things that lie underneath that, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, just help help brands like really get get their name out there by working together to cross promote and um, yeah, just spread spread the information. Um, and I also do social media consulting. So um, yeah, again, helping brands kind of create a strategy behind how they're gonna communicate and connect with an audience and really build a community behind their brand and not just and not just be another another brand because let's face it, the market's getting pretty darn saturated these days. <laughs> but it's still growing exponentially. I mean, and there's just right. so yeah. much that we don't know that. Yeah, I totally understand. Um, and how do you how do you yeah. separate yourself from from the pack right exactly yeah okay um how did you decide the name okay 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 creative honestly i feel like when i feel like i just back when i was creating this with my um former business partner we were trying to figure out like something that kind of personifies or I don't know so we didn't want it to be connected to we didn't want it to like be like oh that's a cannabis company for sure mm -hmm. like we didn't want it to be like blazing blah blah like not that yeah. there's anything <laughs> wrong with that yeah um we just wanted to be like the like part of um like the okay okay creative brand is like being a like discreet but like proud consumer, I, mm -hmm. I think. So, um, you know, being like thoughtful and intentional with your consumption, but also, yeah, not, not holding back and not being afraid of judgment or, or anything like that. Um, and also, for, yeah, being open-minded and, I found myself saying, okay, okay, when people would, would be like explaining ideas to me, I'd be uh -huh. like, oh, okay, okay. And I like now, it. since like, since being like, oh my God, that's it. Um, and like realizing like that is what 
like I was like we have like that has to be it. Uh-huh. Um, I I just hear people more and more now saying like okay okay when they're like agreeing and like yes. you know the gears are turning and they're starting to think or they're starting to like open up their mind a little bit and think mm-hmm. a different way and and that's kind of that's kind of like where that where that all connects. <laughs> Perfect. Look, and I'm ready to say, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get it. So do you, do you only work with cannabis brands? No, not at all. Okay. Um, work with all sorts of brands and yeah, it's always, it's always so great to work with non-cannabis brands that align with cannabis because I think it, I mean, they, like those types of brands have a huge market. Like there's, a, I've worked with a lot of restaurants recently who are just, you know, trying to get their, um, their name out there a little bit more since COVID happened and, you know, just trying to get a little boost mm-hmm. and, um, you know, like food and cannabis, like what could be better than that? So right? I think a lot of, yeah, I think a lot <laughs> of mainstream brands are just like nervous to align with cannabis, which just again comes back to that like fear of the stigma and Mm -hmm. um yeah I think it's all about just finding brands that like do a good job of of fighting that stigma um so yeah always always open to working with non-cannabis brands (laughs) awesome so how has your personal consumption evolved over the years from when you first started back in what was that Bible? St- not Bible study, was it? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! It's so funny because my church is is like the least religious church. I'm like Unitarian okay. Universalist, so it's like we're like not anything. It's no, it's okay. very laid okay. back. What is that? I I'm I'm please educate me. Unitarian. Oh, okay. No, yes, I love this. I like. I'm so. I, I don't know, feeling like so much more connected to this more and more lately. Uh-huh. So Unitarian Universalist, it's, um, I, don't, I don't really know how to like, what the technical like way to describe it is, but the, like for my experience growing up um, in church, we learned about every religion, every holiday we celebrated. Um, we just like, there was no one form. It was just, here's here's everything that's out there and then you go create your own beliefs and then we'll all celebrate those together kind of thing so it was really cool and I think it's just been a great I think it's obviously contributed to how I see the cannabis space being Mm -hmm. like a huge a huge opportunity for like yeah let's all like bring our beliefs together and um yeah it it is it's like a huge part of my my background so um yeah super proud of unitarianism Woo. <laughs> okay awesome so i did have to do a quick google search and i'm gonna give you guys the the wikipedia definition of what um unitarian univer- universalism is a liberal religion characterized Perfect. by a free and responsible search for truth and meaning unitarian universalists assert no creed but instead are unified by their shared search for spiritual growth guided by dynamic living tradition. I love it. Yes. Everyone should raise their kids in <laughs> Unitarian. Just like, you know, let them create their own beliefs. Yeah. There's so much out there. Anyways, yeah, sorry, I'm not getting so into parenting advice. In- <laughs> I mean, there's so much more in common between religions than we think. 
Um, right. Yeah. It's like, you uni- all these things are so universal. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So how has your consumption evolved? Let's get back to that. So, okay. Um, yeah. So like I said, like as my, as my swimming, as I kind of just like, you know, realized I wasn't going to try to pursue swimming in college and all that. Um, I definitely kind of began to lean on cannabis a bit more. It was also like a tough time going through family stuff with a divorce and my brother went off to college. So it was just me and that was real fun. (laughs) Um, Mm. And then, yeah, went off to college and um, bonded with quite a few ladies over our shared love for cannabis. Mm. Um, But it was always something that we kind of had to hide almost. until I kind of found my, my, my group. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, in college, I think it was, I think I wanted to consume as much as I possibly could if I, uh-huh. if I was able to, but yeah. just, I was in college in North Carolina and there was a fear of just like the legality of it as well as, um, just a, a scarcity and like, I didn't have a lot of money back then. I was like working at the library and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was very, I was like, literally I would buy like a gram and make it last like a week. Oh, it was oh so impressive. Yeah. The teeniest little bowls. Oh. Um, so yeah, that was a responsible consumption time. Um, yeah. But then I moved out to Colorado and yeah, I, my first year here, I, um, was not working in the cannabis industry. Um, so, but I was still like, you know, a kid in the candy store, just wanted to try everything I could possibly try. Um, mm-hmm. Now that I had dispensaries on every block around me. Um, and I would say, yeah, stayed did pretty you steady. Did you purposely move to Colorado because it was legalized? No, no. I, I had visited Colorado um, a couple years earlier and just realized that I wanted to live there so badly just the mountains and really jived with the people Mm -hmm. um so yeah but I would say in the past like year especially with COVID I've become a lot more intentional and mindful Mm -hmm. with my consumption um and then it wasn't it was just a few days ago I made a little note in my um in my phone that has um it's a little consumption journal and i'm gonna just try to keep track of how much i'm smoking every day and just oh. just to be like aware of it because uh-huh. just because I'm, I'm kind of curious um and i think just being aware of it helps me just figure out like oh this day i didn't really get anything done like maybe i shouldn't maybe i should wait till this time to smoke or um to really like consume more heavily um and yeah i just i i've um talked to a few people recently like who will like roll up seven joints on a sunday afternoon and it'll be like one joint for every morning of the week or something like that so they're like very intentional with it so i would love to get on that level someday but i just have so many different products still that i'm like i I want to try you all, but there's like not <laughs> enough time in the day to to do this all. <laughs> yeah. So, do you primarily consume flour, or are what other forms? Are you dabbing edibles? 
Yeah, I like flour um, primarily. Um, I like bong usually. Okay. And um, I dab, I dab here and there. I try to usually dab like later in the day unless I have something that I know is, is pretty uplifting, but um, usually it, it mellows me out quite a bit. I actually was just filming a video before this um, and took some dabs dabs but I feel kind of like amped up so I don't think it's I don't think it's bringing me down much but um I yeah I mostly consume flour I I think the relief is um it's like just what I'm looking for Mm because I I get um nauseous a good amount I'm I'm figuring that out still Mm -hmm. um and it just like takes the edge off immediately um and same with like anxiety and stress it just like yeah cuts off like a huge layer of it immediately so can't complain (laughs) now do you have any rituals around your consumption anything you like to do before after during listen to music light some candles yeah definitely I'm like surrounded by candles right now um yes I love it so much um yeah I think lighting is actually super key so I like that you said that I like to have like all these all the cool lights on when I'm smoking Uh um and yeah music is is nice or some kind of like audio stimulation I like sometimes it's a podcast um okay I yeah I like to like stimulate my brain with like with something usually when I'm smoking what are you listening to these days what's your go-to podcast um so I'm listening to here let me actually like what am I listening to um well it's actually okay so my favorite podcast is like a true crime podcast that is a little bit dark and honestly I'm like a little bit addicted which is like scares me a little bit and I think it scares my boyfriend too <laughs> um, so true crime is this like uh, real stuff that's happened that they're just kind of telling in a story form yeah exactly okay yeah um okay. I don't know what about it it is but I like my grandparents and my mom were like always listening to like the news or like the uh-huh. radio and this kind of stuff was always on and I don't know if it like I just wired my brain to love it. <laughs> I'm a forensic files freak. Like I will yeah. love files. So I get it. I get it. It's addicting. I know. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Some people are like, you love murder? What's happening? <laughs> it's weird. Cause it's like it yeah, it's weird. I, I can't explain it. <laughs> yeah, same. Exactly. It's okay. <laughs> okay, so crime is is what you're into right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, just like any storytelling podcast, usually, um, there's one called snap judgment. That's really good. There's one called code switch. That's good. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm going to look those up. So you're in Colorado. It's such a beautiful, gorgeous place. What are you doing these days to kind of keep with everything that's going on to keep your spirits up, to keep your vibes high outside of consuming? Because that's what I do to keep my vibes high. But anything else, exercise. (laughs) And you got your puppy, so. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, first and foremost, having a puppy in the house definitely helps. Um, 
And yeah, I feel really lucky to live with my boyfriend too. So I have just, we just have, we've created like a, a really cozy little home. That's, mm-hmm. it's really nice to, um, we cook a lot of meals here together and um, we are like really into learning about wine, which is just really our excuse to drink a lot of wine. But mm-hmm. um, that's kind of been like one of our COVID activities. We'll uh-huh. like go. Well, well, back when it wasn't snowing, we used to like bike to the wine shop and pick up a few bottles. And then we would like listen to a podcast while we'd cook and listen um, about the wine we were drinking. And um, yeah, that was, that's been a, a nice, like cozy activity. Perfect. Um, and yeah, he's like really active and works out like every day. So he's been rubbing off on me and that has been helping my mental health quite a bit I've realized and uh yeah it used to be a huge part of my life just being active and it, it kind of dropped off in recent years mm-hmm. and yeah being more mindful of that since COVID has been really awesome oh good so I meant to ask you what did you study did you what did you study in college um I studied international relations okay. I wanted to be a diplomat back then yeah um okay and then that transferred into did you start marketing like how did you how did you get the jobs in Colorado (laughs) I know it's so funny so I yeah I I really thought I wanted to be a diplomat I was like I'm gonna major in international relations I minored in Spanish I minored in peace and conflict studies I was like I'm gonna do this and then I went to work in DC for a summer and I hated it I was working in like one of the senate buildings and I was just like nothing is getting done no one is saying what they want to say like the government is not I don't think it's a place I want to work um I don't think I can do it so then I was like, okay, well, I can still use these skills and whatnot to to work in the nonprofit world. So that's kind of where my mind was when I moved out to Colorado. Um, I was like, I'm gonna find a cool nonprofit to work with, and um, I started working for um, Planned Parenthood at first when I was out here. Oh, wow. And I was one of those people that would stand on the street and ask you to like stop and give me money oh. for Planned Parenthood. And it was really hard, but oh. it was a, a really good way to learn about like people skills and, yes. and talking and pitching to people. Um, but uh, yeah, it ended up just being really tough to to like pay my student loans on that amount of money. So um, I ended up just falling into the cannabis industry. Um, I went to this like meet and greet kind of thing. Um, it was like a tech, a cannabis tech meet and greet. And um, there was a guy there who, it like the, the place it was being hosted at, they were looking for someone to, to bring onto their sales team. and my um actually my boyfriend at the time uh was hoping to get the job and they asked me to interview for it instead because they um wanted a woman on the team instead of another dude because it was a team of like 20 dudes Uh um so i ended up getting the job because i was a woman in that case so that was cool um 
And that's kind of how it happened. And then from there, I, at the company, I just kind of worked my way um, more into the marketing and content side, um, just being pulled. Oh, sorry. No, what did you start (laughs) off at? Sorry to cut you off. What did you start off at? What was your first position? So I was a sales, I was just a sales associate at first. So I was working with cannabis brands and that was a good opportunity for me to also start creating relationships with cannabis brands. Um, So I would work with them and sell them like ad space. And some of that ad space was on influencers um, pages. So I was learning about influencer marketing by like selling influencers posts and working with like kind of as the middleman between brands and, and influencers. So, um, and then from there, just the company created a lot of content, um, for their clients and they would be constantly pulling me in for, um, photo shoots because they needed like a female consumer as their, as like one of their models and there was never anyone else around. And, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how I kind of started getting my feel for cannabis content creation and being Mm -hmm. in front of the camera and consuming and all that and just really um, enjoying that whole process. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just kind of decided to create my account once I, once that kind of, once that ball kind of started rolling and um, from there just decided to kind of take my own, take, take my page and kind of do my own thing while also um, like working at a few different jobs along the way um, in different like marketing roles. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I did it. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. That came right together. Um, yeah. So as a business owner starting off, what did you think you might've struggled with if you did struggle in the market? Cause you already had the experience. So did you struggle at all once you created okay um, I mean I guess a little bit just to I mean I yeah just figuring out like what are we doing like who are we like what like what do we want to how do we want to like position ourselves like there's kind of more of like a responsibility to um be professional and um just like navigate in a in a different way you know like I, I definitely wanted okay okay creative to be like a a business and and not just a um I don't I don't know what the word would be but um I yeah I wanted to be like respected by other mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and business owners mm-hmm. um so just navigating that and I think like being kind of taken seriously at first um is always tough and and finding the right clients too, because sometimes you, you got to learn the, the red flags um, mm-hmm. before you can avoid those situations. And for, for everyone's sake, you know, just mm. you got to find clients that are a good fit for you and you're a good fit for them. And it has to go both ways there. So, yeah, I think that was probably the biggest learning lesson, just finding the right types of clients to work with. But okay. I feel good about <laughs> I feel good about where we're at today and um, being able to kind of choose, be a little bit more picky with um, who I'm working with. I mean, just before it was like, as a creative, you don't really have, you're, you're kind of grasping at straws in terms of like getting paid for your work. So sometimes 
really? companies with money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you wouldn't believe how I need to start like tallying or something. How many requests I, or emails or DMs I get a week asking if someone can send me a product in exchange for content and a post and promotion and, and everything that is like my business. Wow. <laughs> um, and I'm like, you're offering me a, a $20 product in exchange for something that I, you know, this is how I like pay my rent. Like uh-huh. it's, it's just very frustrating. And I understand because I used to not do this full time and I was completely okay with accepting things for trades that I like really wanted or, or whatnot. And now I, I just have way too much stuff. I'm yeah. just like, and I'm, I'm trying to minimalize and minimize, minimize. Uh-huh. <laughs> and my, my man is also like kind of a minimalist. So, um, it's been, yeah, I've, I've been learning to have to kind of shift, um, the way I navigate that because a we just don't have that much space at our apartment i'm like i i literally cannot take on more product right now um <laughs> and like also this is like my this is my job so um yeah being get just getting paid by companies that you actually want to work with um companies that you really look up to or that you really feel like you align with i i finally feel like i'm I've gotten to that place and I'm working uh-huh. with like all brands that I feel really, really aligned with. And uh-huh. that's, that's definitely not, that was, that's like a new feeling for sure. It's, it was a long, a long journey to get here working with an interesting brand. That's good. Yeah. It seems like everybody has to go through, what do you call it? I want to call it like the hazing process of the industry, but you definitely have to weed out, um, those that don't want to pay yeah. you <laughs> for sure yeah it's hard to learn <laughs> hard to learn so, that lesson w- what advice would you give to your younger self hmm. I would probably well I would definitely say to not be afraid to to just go for it in terms of photography um I like I really didn't start getting into it on a more like you know like professional like high quality level Mm -hmm. um until like a year ago um and even though it's something I've always wanted to do I just never believed it was something that would get me anywhere so I would go back and tell myself like if you try and if you learn and put the work in it will get you somewhere for sure there's so much out there for you for creatives if you just have to you just have to be smart and understand that it's a little bit of art mixed with a little bit of business and you just gotta you gotta navigate the two (laughs) Mm -hmm. well you're doing awesome that's for sure thank you where is my sorry um when did you realize that you were, I guess, kind of walking in your purpose? Like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is how I want to spend my time. When did you kind of realize, all right, this is it? I feel like these past maybe like six months have been very eye-opening for me and uh-huh. just really taking a step back with thinking about like what, what I really want to do and, um, 
what I really want okay okay creative to be and like how I want it to serve the community ultimately and Mm -hmm. um I I feel like I definitely know that I want to be involved in pushing the cannabis movement forward and um helping more people gain access to the plant and I just feel so passionate about that I think yeah I think just really solidified probably like yeah maybe like five or six months ago and I was just like really taking some time to take a step back and be a little bit critical of like what am I doing here (laughs) um so yeah that that reflection definitely helped to help to let it sink in a little bit okay all right awesome is there anything new and exciting you want us to know about is okay okay creative taking on any new clients are you open for new clients right now um yes i am i'm open for a couple of clients um it definitely has to be just the right type of situation i think it it's definitely um yeah like i said i'm just being a little bit pickier but i I want to really start to work with um, new brands that are coming onto the market, um, especially new into Colorado. I love working with more like local brands and being able to connect with people in person from a distance, of course, for, for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are my those have been my favorite um, partnerships and client relationships. So yeah, if anyone locally in Colorado need some some help with their social media game content strategy <laughs> would love to work with you so how can everyone reach you um you can reach me honestly dming at sunny days is probably the easiest way that's kind of my most responsive place mm-hmm. right now um and yeah, email is just like gets a little bogged down. So I would say Instagram is my favorite place to connect with people. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it in this wonderful conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing. Keep thank you. We learned something new today. I'm actually going to be looking more into this Unitarian Universalism as well, because that's very mm interesting to me so thanks for sharing that yeah i love that that makes me so happy thank you so much for joining me this week i'm beyond grateful for the opportunity to share these inspirational stories with you if you are enjoying the podcast please support like subscribe and leave a review let me know your thoughts also share it with anyone you think could use a dose of inspiration last but not least please follow me on social media You can find me at ideas.ideaswellhigh on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Stay high, stay creative, people.
The Last Prisoner Project is a nonprofit coalition of cannabis industry leaders, executives, and artists dedicated to bringing restorative justice to the cannabis industry. We here at Hideas wholeheartedly support their values and believe that anyone profiting from the legal cannabis industry has a moral imperative to work towards restorative justice. No one, I repeat, no one should be in jail suffering from the war on drugs, which disproportionately impacts communities of color. Want to get involved? Here are some ways. Follow them on social media, subscribe to their newsletter, volunteer, donate, or join the letter writing program. Please find links to their page in the show notes.